So, what should we do tonight? Anything's better than last night. All right. All right, then we should do something. Something sounds good. I have an idea. Why don't we rent a video tonight? Yeah, can we please? On a weeknight? Yeah, come on, Mom. It's okay. Sure. Come on. Let's throw caution to the wind. My name is Alfred Hitchcock, and you are listening <laughs> to the movie Shadow, where we have a VHS collection. No, 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 collection. What do you think? God. Did I sound like Hitch? So, love yeah. it. Uh, one hey, of, one of the best you've ever done. Uh, my name is Dan. I'm George, producer Chris, and we are and joined Jack by our good Coast. friend from the West Coast, Jack Thorne. Welcome, Jack. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. I wasn't um, sure when I should chime in. That dude, that was fine. That was perfectly fine. I was going to intro you just because I didn't know if you knew, but you know, we just we'll roll with it, man. You're part I, of the I was family just now. Join in the crew, man. Exactly. I think you've been on enough now that it's sort of like yeah. fridge. Like I don't know if you guys know, but like after you've been to a friend's house enough times, you have refrigerator privileges, right? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty you much. Yeah. What you want. Right, yeah, and so you know, where the, you know where the glasses are. And... Exactly. So Jack, you have refrigerator privileges on the movie cellar now. So I'm not going to intro you, you anymore. I feel honored. Yeah. From now on, I'm not going to intro you. You're just going to say your name like the rest of us. And um, yeah, and we'll avoid that, you know, any confusion like we just had. And it'll be great. But there you go. Uh, how you guys doing? Good, yeah. man. How the fuck are you doing? Dude, doing t- awesome. today was a fucking disaster at my house, but I'm glad to be recording. So from that perspective, I'm doing really good. We, we but but we started school today. Oh, I was gonna oh was today the though. actual day? Yeah, today was the actual day. They hadn't been to school wow. in six months, and um, we dropped them go. off. We dropped them off, and within less than an hour, we already had a call from the nurse. Um, what? Yeah. So Lily was uh, very stressed out, and when um, you're when you have type one diabetes and you're stressed out. Uh, well, actually, for everyone, when you're stressed out, your blood sugar spikes. Um, right, of course. But if you are a normal, healthy person with a good pancreas, it just creates right. enough insulin to account for it. If you're not, like Lily, then your blood sugar spikes. Um, and ah. she was up to 490, and it was so high that she was sick. Um, and because she was sick, because of all the COVID shit, we had to yeah. go to the doctor to get a note to say she didn't have COVID. Um, yeah. Oh, my that, God. Because then she is at heightened risk. There's that, right? And also wow. they have to say, like, we can say we're pretty sure it was her diabetes, but they have to know for a fact that it was her diabetes. So Yeah, they're not willing to play craps with it. Yeah. Exactly. Which I, I totally get. I totally understand. But yeah, it's going to create a really uh-huh. interesting uh, predicament for us. Moving so forward. Just out of curiosity, what tripped her out? She um she gets really... 
I don't know, man. She has a lot. She gets really anxious in in situ like new situations, and they hadn't been in okay, school yeah. in six months, and that like all of the COVID, like all the stuff, like they walk in and it's totally different. You know, the classes are like five kids. They have to be wearing their masks. They have to like stand yeah. in certain spots. It's like crazy, you know. Um, yeah, that's got to be. That's got to. Yeah, it's it's I I, it was very overwhelming for her. And I totally understand that. And like I said, absolutely. I mean, if she didn't have diabetes, we might not have ever known. She could have come home and been like, yeah, I was super anxious, but like she would have gotten through it. But because of how high her anxiety was her and her blood sugar, therefore, you know, went way up. Then it made her sick and it became a whole thing. And it was like within an hour of dropping her off. So that sucks, man. Yeah. So So listen. That's probably why she was kind of out of whack tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, you know, the day was just probably too much. And it's one of those things that's going to like compound on itself until she can get into a a rhythm because now tomorrow she's supposed to go back, but now she's going to be even more nervous because she had like a big thing today. You know, so it's weird, man. But anyway, I only say all that to say this is why VHS for T1D is so important. This is why the work of the JDRF is so important. And um, I want to announce officially that King Zach has been knocked off of his throne and uh, (laughs) King Jack has retaken (laughs) the title. So thank you very much, sir. As promised, as promised. Thank you, King Jack. It is my pleasure. Um, And uh, I I love, I love the, uh, I love the cause. And, you know, when I hear, when I hear stories about, you know, like kids like Lily, I just, you know, I, I, uh, I I feel good being able to whatever small amount I I can do to help. Well, You've done a great amount, um, and we we really appreciate it. And so we'll have to get you back on soon to talk about whatever movie you want. Um, but yeah, oh, I'm sure I can come up with an oh, idea. Or you two. always have great ideas, so I'm excited. I always I always consider it a like a privilege to have you on to talk about a movie you pick because I know you're gonna pick stuff that's really gonna like stretch us, and uh, that's always that's always appreciated because otherwise oh, we're just God, like you know? we're just fucking around with things like Dumb and Dumber, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, that, that has its wrong place too. Absolutely. Did we ever do Dumb and Dumber? Dude, we're not on the D episode yet. We've done the C episode, which was it's Clerks. Coming. Oh, oh Clerks went sweet. Good. I'm I voted for Clerks. Stupid that. What? Because what George just said. He said, "Have we done Dumb and Dumber? We haven't. We are not did on the, D yet." Did you do the poll? No, no. There's no then, poll yet. Uh, then. Did we pick D movies? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chris, all that George is asking is if in the history of the show, we have done Dumb and Dumber. And we have not. That's, that is not I'm how sorry. it sounded to me. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I'm just chewing on the irony that you are talking about Dumb and Dumber and nobody has no fucking clue what's going on at all. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> essentially, I love that. essentially, all that's happening right now is that we have picked our D movies, and one of those D movies is Dumb and Dumber. I won't say who picked nice. it. Um, I don't actually remember who picked it, but I think Chris was, was assuming that 
Dumb and Dumber had won the poll, but the poll hasn't actually even been run yet. So we don't know what's going to win. I, I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. So listen, if you're listening to the show, let me just clue you in really quick. All right. Here are your D choices. The poll will be posted in the next couple of days. I'm really glad you're saying it because I don't remember at all. It's going to either be Dumb and Dumber or um, The Devil's Rejects or Dawn of the Dead. So I know my pick. <laughs> well, don't say Jack because you'll influence other people. <clears throat> but I will not say a word. <laughs> but anyway, but I want to know. Listen, there's a I'll reason. Tell you, I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Once we cut, man, you can tell, you can tell, you could tell him now and we could just make Chris find it, but I don't, Chris is not going to want to do that. We know how, we know how that's going to go. Dude, don't make me do anything. I forgot to put the fucking intermission in last week. But did you, did you overwrite that with the, with the intermission? No, it's just, I was talking about my diet um, instead of the intermission. So you left that in there? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm back now. <laughs> what? Come on, you fucker. Chris runs an organic show. Man. I know. You know what's funny yeah. is we were just, I, um, I listened to uh, Geek Exploration just released uh, an episode celebrating their two year pod anniversary. They've been out for two years now. Um, wow. Yeah. And anyway, th- it was all about podcasting. And one of the things they talked about was like editing and like, you know, what they've learned and all this stuff. And they were saying how, you know, they like to try to make, you know, they go through a lot of efforts to make it sound really good. And how in the early days they like would hide under blankets and like do all this stuff um, to try to make, like remove all of the ambient sound or whatever. And they're like, but you know, some shows like just play it more loose and fast, like the movie seller. <laughs> they're like, they leave everything in. It's like, yeah, just we fucking do it. Do. All. <laughs> do it all. Dude, this is, our, this is who we are, you know, take it or leave it. Our show, we this make our show for sets, us. This is, this is what the move. This is what sets the movie seller apart. Yeah, that it's trash. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, just just that it doesn't give a shit. It just goes. And That's it right. It, it, That's it said, right. You know what? Love me, love me, warts and all. That's right. If you can't love me at my movie sellerist, then you don't deserve me at my. I don't even <laughs> right. know. Whatever else. Three days. Three days. No shower. That's right. At my yeah, geek explorationist. At my geek explorationist. Exactly. Okay, so I think we should probably get into... So this is a very special episode. And despite all my talk about not giving a shit about anything and just making our show for us, apparently somebody on the internet thinks that we have a certain degree of influence. And so this episode, (laughs) believe it or not, is somewhat sponsored uh, by a marketing company. Isn't Woo-hoo-hoo. yeah, so here's so to speak. Yes, I so to speak. Hearing that. Okay, so here's the dealio, and this is the reason that I opened the episode with my um, Alfred Hitchcock impression, <laughs> <laughs> which it's hard to like do that. <laughs> he has this like cross between like British and then like and a basset hound. You know, like he's got those Dude, big flubbery cheeks. I was gonna say a. 
I was going to say an English bulldog. Like, yeah. like I, I, when I hear his voice, I picture an English bulldog. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's like totally with fair. Blubbering, with the blubbering jowls and everything. I mean, he had blubbering <laughs> jowls. so He did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what's cool, and Jack, I don't know if you knew about this before um, we approached you, but um, apparently Universal Pictures is... Uh, has released, I, I believe it's out already, um, an Alfred Hitchcock Classics Collection, which is, um, it's gonna, it's 4K Ultra HD. Um, wow. Yeah. Nice. So the, the, it's really, they're releasing it Blu ray, they're releasing it digital. Um, and I believe if I, it's if I already, didn't out. already have the investment in Hitchcock already. Yeah. I would go for it. <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds like it's a pretty cool pack. Um, I'm going to, so basically what happened before I go into the details on it, what happened was I got an email from this like person at this marketing organization that was like, Hey, we're working with someone at Universal to promote this new um this new, you know, Hitchcock collection and we've noticed that you guys cover Hitchcock and you're a movie podcast and we wanted to know if you wanted to run a promotion for us and give away some free copies of Psycho um to promote this to promote this collection. And I was like, yeah, sure, thinking like you know, they're, this is just some scam. They're just fucking with me. You thought it was bullshit. Uh, of course I thought it was bullshit. They just cold. They just sent me a cold email from out of nowhere. Right. Um, out of nowhere. So then she asked like some details about like our numbers and, and things like that. And I thought as soon as she asked our numbers, I was like, we're, this is over. This is def- if it was real, it's over now. Um, but, but surprisingly she was like, yeah, no, uh, that sounds great. Let's do it. And then, um, you know, a couple days later, I, I got the codes for um, the um, copies of Psycho. Uh, so we're actually on this episode. We have five download codes for uh, digital downloads of Psycho uh, that we're going to give away to um, people who have um, responded to us on social media with their favorite Hitchcock movies. Um, well. So that's and, cool. and if I can just interject one thing, I, I, as a huge Hitchcock fan, H- Hitchcock is the director that I own more movies by than anyone. I've got 23 of his films. Damn. And uh, if if you are starting to think about dipping your toe into the water with Hitchcock, uh, you could not pick a better director. So uh, I, I say jump all over this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've got a huge Hitchcock um, I've got I'm a huge Hitchcock. Now, man. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, 13 is awesome. Um, 13 or 14, yeah. I think I have like, I only have like, no, because I have that DVD collection. On, on VHS, I think I have like four or five. But I have a DVD collection that they did uh, a few years ago. I think it's called the Ultimate Collection. Um, and it comes with like, it's like 15 movies. And then also wow. like um, his, a two like a few episodes of his two TV shows that he did. Um, right. There's Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock presents. presents and yeah. then there was another show too. Um, but yeah, either way. Um, so it, yeah. Were so, they, were they the ones that were a bunch of them? Like, like lesser known ones, like under Capricorn and stuff like that. No, it was most of the, most of the main, you know, the ones it that was people the classics. Know. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Rope That's great. And, That's great. Yeah. The, all that shit. That's so, great. Um, 
so yeah, so I have a bunch of Hitchcock, but I will definitely say before we did the movie seller, um, Psycho. That was the only that was the only Hitchcock film I had ever seen. Um, I had seen bits and pieces of The Birds, but um, beyond that, I didn't know I didn't know shit about him. Um, and so between the show and uh, talking with you, Jack. Um, I've gained mm-hmm. a huge appreciation. So to have this opportunity to do this with with um, Universal Pictures to put out this episode is pretty exciting. I think it's pretty cool. Woohoo! Yes, it's really cool. Yes, well done, movie seller. <laughs> We're making it, boys. Uh, the <laughs> right. the only problem is that um, we didn't got actually... the chance. Now you're taking it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, the problem is, though, that now you feel uncomfortable making jokes like, I've got a huge Hitchcock. Um, no way, man. Because <laughs> I have to I now tell this. Inevitable. Right after you said that, this is like 13. And I, was I like, know. Wow, right? you guys are measuring your Hitchcocks. <laughs> yeah, I got 23. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how many Hitchcocks you have, but it's enough to know this water Monsters, is cold and deep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I have to like email this woman back and say, this is the point in the episode where we start talking about your promotion and she's going to listen and be like, God, this is where we turn 13. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So I have some things that they want it. They want me to mention and I could try to make this organic. Um, or I can just read it and then we can fucking move on. Okay. So. Here's the deal. Here are the talking points they gave me that they well, you literally. The thing is, nobody will be able to understand it. Oh, that's even better. Um, so the thing is, uh, they they literally say in the email, make it sound natural. So I'm going to do the opposite of that. I'm just going to read it. Um, <laughs> the Alfred Hitchcock nice. Classics Collection is available now. So there you go. It is available now on 4K Ultra HD combo pack with a Blu-ray and digital code. So so you get the Blu-rays and then you also get digital codes with it. Uh, from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Uh, the collection includes, this is pretty cool, the collection includes for the very first time the original never released uncut version of Psycho. So Jack, you might need to get this, man. Damn. Oh shit! Now yeah, dude. You, ju- oh, fuck. you had to say that. <laughs> now, now I need now it. I it. Yeah, right. So there you go. Now it's I never been it. released. Um, universally, that, rec- they're gonna say you even sold the Hitchcock guy. That's right. You even sold it to the guy who probably has what five copies of Psycho already. You know, every every pack they've <laughs> released. Um, universally recognized as the master of suspense, the legendary Alfred Hitchcock directed some of cinema's most most thrilling and unforgettable classics. Well, that's obviously true. Uh, the collection includes four iconic films. I bet you guys can guess what the four films are. Anybody? Probably. Let's see. Uh, do you want me to guess? Anybody? Burns. Guess one, Jack. I would say Psychic. I would say Psycho. Vertigo. Vertigo. Yep. Um, the, the Burns. And uh, the Burns. either Window or... Or uh, North by Northwest. Rear window. So that's the fourth one. So um, this episode, we're going to talk about the birds, which makes it so that our show is a great companion with this collection because we have an episode on every movie in the collection. So after you go watch all the movies. Well, we we will have at the end of this. When When the people listen to this. If we ever finish this. (laughs) Exactly. 
Um, <laughs> if anyway. there's anyone, if anyone survives. Exactly. Exactly. When people listen to this, it will be true, George. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Not when they listen to this sentence. Yes, it will be true. The episode will be released. But they won't know it yet. He oh, means like sake. when we get to the end of the episode. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> um, it's presented in stunning 4K resolution. Uh, starring awesome. starring Hollywood favorites such as James Stewart, Grace Kelly, Anthony Perkins, Janet Lee, Tippi Hedren, Kim Novak, and Rod Taylor. The Essential Collection features hours of bonus features as well as the original uncut version of Psycho, which I already said for the first time ever. This collection That's, that one's got me thinking. I know, right? Does it have does it have both versions of Psycho, like the like the regular one and that's yeah, I've already got that. So. Yeah, I know, I but like, I'm just asking, like, is it only the uncut one, George? They I don't know. Usually, man. they usually put out both versions on when they. Yeah, yeah. Normally, that's how they do it. You have the regular and like director's cut, or regular and uncut. usually not not every time, but like more often than not. Yes, George, stop trying to make people not want to buy it. God, it's <laughs> the whole point of this fucking thing. This collection I'm to make myself want to buy it. This collection with collectible disc book packaging includes hours of bonus features such as documentaries, expert commentaries, interviews, screen tests, and much more. And if you're like Dan and I, we actually will <laughs> Dude, I watched um I watched Tippy Hedren's screen tests on um yep. on the, the the birds DVD that I have. Dude, she yep. just glows, man. She fucking glows. Um, well, you know, it was it was it was crazy. They had her they had her audition doing three different parts from three yes. different Hitchcock films yes. done by three different actresses. Yeah, that in was totally crazy. different and characters. With Edith with Edith Head providing all the different costumes and shit. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So so Martin, those are Martin Balsam. Yeah. Martin Balsam was invited to do all the guys. Yeah, it was crazy. He's uh, he, I those dude, those screen tests are. Uh, watch them if you buy this set. Yeah, watch they're, them; they're amazing. Yeah, they're they're great. <laughs> um. Anyway, there you go. That's the talking points. We have officially um fulfilled our obligation to uh to these guys, and now we can proceed to talk about the birds. And give away copies of Psycho. So. We don't have to like say their like website or anything. No, or... Dude, it's oh, Universal. Oh yeah, do they have a link? Or... No, it's Universal Home Picture. I mean, for Christ's sake, it's Universal, you know? <laughs> like, I, I, I know. I just didn't know if there was like a specific, you know, if it was like the marketing company itself. No, they don't. The marketing like a... company doesn't want to be, you know, the, dude, the, you got to understand how these things just work. Just go to the regular Universal film site. The marketing company wants to be invisible in all of this. That's their whole job. Oh. It's to not be tied in, right? Because they're contracted to promote the thing for Universal. So they're they're supposed to be this hidden partner. The fact that right, we're talking about them the is probably going to get us murked. Us right, but it's being sold through Universal. That's side, right, but it's so. not Universal hitting us up. It's the marketing. Yes, dudes. but the marketing. Thank you, marketing dudes. George, the marketing people get money from Universal be when They've people buy. Exactly. But they'll get the next gig. That's the point, right? There you go. Listen, we don't know shit. We're fucking idiots. 
we're, we're making all this up. All I know is that they told me I could give people copies of Psycho, and I said, fucking right, let's do that. And to that end, and it's been done. Maybe it's time to maybe it's time to give away a copy of Psycho. What do you say? Oh, do you already have them all picked out and shit? No, but I need somebody to give me a random number generator. I'll do Seven. it. George, you fucking idiot. idiot. Your brain is fucking random. Your brain is not a random number generator. But I don't know your list. You don't need to know my list. Um, I can tell you, let's see. One, two, three, four. George, shut up. Oh my god. Uh I think I think we got like twenty, Chris, on Twitter. Twenty? Uh no, I think it's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, fuck. Yeah, say 20. Um, and then, uh, so we'll do one on Twitter. So I've got, th- I've got like 20 comments on Twitter uh, or replies, and I've got like five on uh, Instagram. So I think we'll give away three copies on Twitter and two on Instagram. Does that sound fair? Sure. All right. So the first one will be a Twitter one. So give me a number, Chris. Number, four, number 14. One, two, three, four. Okay. Who is the lucky winner? Uh, the lucky winner is a dude named H.M. Giles. He is a writer and content creator. Um, he says his favorite um, Hitchcock movie is Psycho. So good. You now have a copy also, of Psycho. He also doubles as a watcher for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So there you go. Now you got a copy of your favorite movie digitally. Um, I'll send you the code and it'll be fantastic. All right. Well done, H.M. Giles. It was H.M. Giles, right? H.M. Giles. That's right. Well, well done, H.M. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's talk Number about the five. birds. No, no, no. That's oh, it. We're doing we're one. Doing right now. We'll do we're, another we're one doing in a the few giveaway. minutes. We'll do another Never one mind. in a few minutes. We got more Psycho to give away. No, we're going to wait. We're going to give away more Psycho later. Oh, we got to okay. keep people interested in the episode. Oh, okay, I got it. We're going to spread it out. That's right. It. That's okay. right. We're going to spread it like butter or like, I don't well, know. I don't want to say anything else. Um, don't, and you, knowing you, you should not tell us. It's going to say something about Zach at the strip clubs. And I was like, you know what? We won't go there. The more I listen to the experts show, the more I, yeah, you and Stephanie just really bring it out of each other. <laughs> I know. So to speak. You know, what's great is like these two guys keep me toned down way more than yeah. my wife does. Yeah. When my wife and I get going, man, it is like no holds barred, man. You know, her yeah, you whole philosophy are, on life, her whole philosophy on life is take it to the max. Right. You know this, George, right? Yes. That's her slogan. Dude, she, she had six kids. Of course, that's her that's attitude. Ex- exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, speaking of taking anybody it. anybody else who's got that kind of guts. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of take it to the max, there's someone who takes it to the max in the birds, takes it to the max with their yep. practical jokes. Right? Yep. Um, let's talk about the birds. That was a terrible transition, but I don't fucking care. <laughs> that was rough yeah i liked it she does though she really does and once we get through the plot summary um i think that you know we can talk more about that but uh she definitely like she goes pretty far for her practical jokes um yep 
Okay, so who wants to attack the plot summary? I'm not volunteering. You're not volunteering. I'll do it. Um, are you gonna like Go for it, George. do it justice, George? Or are you gonna like? Are you just fucking with me? I mean, I'm, I would, you said I'll do, do it. it. I would do it my way. That's you know? okay. That's okay. So probably fuck it up. No, you can fuck it up. I just want you to try. <laughs> I don't know what's Sorry, happening. My way. Yeah. Well, that's good. We can All have right. a soundtrack to the plot summary, even though there's no soundtrack to the movie. My friend. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right, Georgie, give us the plot summary. All right. So starts out in uh, you're in a bird shop. Um, and what's what's her name? Played by Tippy somebody, Melanie um, Daniels. Melanie Daniels. Melanie. Yeah. So yes. she's getting a bird, and then the dude, the protect, the other dude, like the other person that's the main of the Mitch, story. Mitch, Mitch Brenner. <laughs> Mitch Brenner, right? Melanie and Mitch. I'll try to remember. Um, <laughs> Mitch comes in and totally fucking messes with her. Like she pretends that she works there. Um. And they get this weird, like, flirty, but also I kind of hate you thing going on. Um, it's the only way to flirt. And then, yeah. <laughs> like, it was a very much like a grudge fuck vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so anyway, so he doesn't get what he wants, but she ends up, like, buying it and tries to, like, birds. yeah, tries to sneakily, is that a word? Deliver them <laughs> a sneak, a uh, sneak. to him. Yes. Covertly. Right, right, right. So, like, she goes to his apartment, but he's not there. He's in this small town on the coast, so she goes there and finds out he lives, like, across the fucking bay. He's, like, the like the only house on the other side of the bay. So she's got to take a fucking boat. And then uh, there's birds that are violent um, <laughs> out, of no- out of nowhere. Like, Why? Why are they all yeah, of a sudden just violent? Like, dot, dot, bombs her head. Right. Man. She's she's in her she's in her little boat, her dinghy, and a seal just fucking pounces on her, like right on her forehead. Um, and then it just escalates. Like the birds get more and more uh, vicious. Um, so yeah, so shit happens where like no one <laughs> no one believes her. The, the birds are bad, and then, like, this old dude gets killed by the birds, and still no one believes her, and then everyone gets attacked by the birds, and then they hate her, even though they could have just listened. And by they, I mean that one crazy that lady one that gets slapped. Like, You're a witch! Yeah. You're a witch! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Um, so then it's fucking crazy, and then they all are trying to, like, get everyone to safety, and... It cuts back to you're at uh, Mitch's mom's house, the one across the bay. Uh, so it's Mitch. Jessica Tandy. Yeah. So it's Mitch. It's Melanie. It's uh, Mitch's little sister and Mitch's mom. And like all their different emotions going on in that scene. Fucking fantastic. Anyway, uh, so they decide to stay put. Like everyone else leaves. They decide to stay put. I don't know why they make that decision. That sounds like a terrible decision. Like, if everyone else was leaving. Listen, no more commentary. Okay, right. (laughs) So so they're, like, boarding up the windows and shit um, because the birds will just straight go through the windows at you. 
Um, so they board everything up and, and they light a fire in the, in the, uh, fireplace in, for, for the chimney. Yeah. For the chimney. So the birds don't come down the chimney. Like Cause that earlier. happened earlier. Yeah. 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 And then when the birds finally attack, they're fucking shoving their beaks through the wood of the door. Like they're, they're breaking through. No, it's like a full on carnivorous assault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like it, multiple different species just like black in the sky type shit um so the house is just every angle um which really gives you sort of uh never mind that's commentary um so uh they they sort of survive that and everyone's like sleepy and uh and melanie like hears a bird and so she's like oh no we gotta prepare but then whispers to Mitch and Mitch doesn't wake up. So she just decides to just tiptoe off by herself because that's the smartest option in this, in this story. Um, right. So she goes upstairs. Oh man. I love that scene with the stairs. Uh, she, so she goes upstairs and she's opening like the attic door and she sees that the roof has fucking collapsed in this corner. Like it's been like the birds attacked the roof, like ate through the roof and they just swarm her. Yep. Um, so she's just getting straight fucked up. Like these birds are kicking her ass. Um, and then Mitch saves the day and they all end up maybe escaping. You don't know. Cause the movie ends like as soon as they fucking start driving. So you have no idea if they get to safety. You have no idea if the roadblocks even let them through. You have no idea if the birds come and like, come through the 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 soft top of the car like you don't know it just fucking stops. they're not just driving away just though they're not stops. just driving away as they're driving away there's literally birds fucking everywhere yeah right? um yeah, yeah like a swarm of locusts but it's all gulls and crows and like finches and just bitches with beaks everywhere <laughs> <laughs> there is actually over the there was an extended uh end which is yes. not it was not filmed the, but it, the original end yeah yeah it was storyboarded um and it's it's bad you know the bad continues even after they leave the house yeah which is why i thought it was interesting about you know you saying the birds ripping the uh the can the you know the, uh, yeah. the rag top open yeah. because that's pretty much what happens in the uh, original. Yep. No. Yep. That's true. All right. Crazy. Good job. Yeah. I mean, the thing you left out that I thought was maybe a little important. What's the other character's name? Annie. Um, Oh yeah. 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 So Suzanne Plachette. Yeah. Yeah. So you left out that sort of subplot of like, so Mitch, lives with or doesn't live with but he goes and visits his mother on the weekends and um it seems that he requires her approval of the women in his life and there's Very this so. and there's this woman Annie who like they have a relationship but then his mother doesn't like her and so the two of them it doesn't work out but she's still like she's still so like into him that she decides to move to his town um and become a school teacher and then her and Melanie sort of strike up a friendship, uh, which is sort of like they're frenemies because I don't know. There's some weirdness there. Um, and she's the school teacher. Um, and unfortunately well, she meets her demise 
at the hands well, of the wings. In the original, in the that's true. In the original Daphne DeMar, uh, DeMarie book, uh, Annie, uh, um, the school teacher, uh, Melanie was actually a school teacher that moved right. to the town. Right. So what they did was they kind of took. They kind of took Tippy Hedren's character and Suzanne Plachette's character and kind of split them. Split it them. was originally one character, and then they s- split it into two. And then that that created that sort of tension um, between yeah. the the ex and the potential suitor, I guess, of Mitch. And absolutely, and the, and another import uh, another interesting point in, in Jessica Tandy. So everybody remembers Jessica Tandy from. Uh, driving Miss Daisy and Cocoon and all that. Right. Uh, most people knew her when she got older, but she's the mom. And then, do you did you recognize who the dot uh, the the yes. sister, the younger yes. sister was? Well, we've covered a movie that she was in uh, yes, very recently have. on the show. Did either of you recognize right. her? She looked familiar, but I don't. She looked familiar, but I didn't place it anyway. It's Veronica Cartwright, who was uh, Lambert from uh, Alien. Right, she's the other, oh. the other, the other girl. Yeah, the one with yep. the spiky, the kind of spiky do. That yep. was her when she was a child actor. Yeah. So wow. she, she, um, what's funny is she's in Alien, which has a very strong female lead, but she is not that very strong female lead. Um, right. And she's in The Birds, which also has a very strong female lead, but she is not that strong female lead. Right. Um, so and it, it also has the uh, the nature, you know, it's the nature horror, you know. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of like you know, the birds, the birds, alien jaws. It's all kind. Of, it's all the nature horror, like the creature film. But the the scene um, going up the stairs, where you're like oh, you're yeah. hearing just the little bit of of the bird like that's like a classic oh yeah in the end of slashers in creature films and in any type of horror you know what that you know what that whole that whole scene at the house totally was like this is a zombie movie that's what I thought. That's what I was. I was waiting to talk. It felt <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're waiting the for birds, to say that. It totally the birds does. Was so influential in that way. I mean, it influenced. Well, first and foremost, what it, the film that it influenced probably more than any was Jaws. Yeah. Uh, and then every zombie picture after that also. I mean, seriously, all, Night of the Living Dead, which came out just a, page, a few they all years took later. A page from the birds. Yeah. And like because Night of the Living Dead was so like seminal in the zombie subgenre, it's like yeah. if if it borrowed that from the birds, then all the other zombie movies kind of take that from Night of the Living Dead, and it just like becomes this huge thing, you know? Yeah, it's just it's that whole idea of something natural just happening, and nobody has any idea why it's happening or what started it or anything. It just happens. And both of like, those movies are like that. There's no explanation in Night yeah. of the Living Dead why it happens. There's no explanation in this movie why it happens. Yeah, oh. Jaws, what Alien, like, all the of mist. them. What, George? The mist. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, that's, that's more. Well, that's more Lovecraft, but it's still the same kind of idea yeah i just thought i thought the actual like the way that they prepped the house the way that the house was assaulted it just felt exactly like i hate you for taking my (laughs) own my only talking point i had tonight was that 
No, we'll uh, let you expound on it later. No, there's nothing to expand. I'm just sitting here in silence. <laughs> oh, stop. Uh, Chris, stop. Chris, Chris is just going to go to sleep now. Chris is going to yeah. go cry in his Disney movies. I'm going to go eat some gummies or something. Fuck you guys. No. Chris, you know Chris, what you're going to do? No, you, you'll, have to work it off. you'll have to work it off in the morning, dude. That's right. That is true. No, Chris, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be first up to tell us what you thought of the birds. Sure. First of all, have you that, seen it before? Uh, I have. Yes. Okay. Um, this happened with Rear, Wind- Rear Window as well. I've definitely seen this on TV. So I don't think I saw it in its entirety. Um, but the scene uh, when the seagulls attack the kids. Um, the oh, like the birthday. The, no, the birthday party. Like, um, oh, the birthday party, right. Kind of attacks the whole group, but it's mostly the kids. I recognize that. It kind of solidified for me that I had seen it um, prior. So, seen it, but that didn't definitely, definitely did not watch it. It was just kind of on. Yep. Well, what did you think, man? Um, the. So, you. I mean, I've watched. <laughs> A few Hitchcocks uh, now. I, I mean, I, I've got a ton, but I haven't watched them all. And something that I find that he's really good at is casting his roles. Um, I haven't, out of the three or four that I've watched, I haven't really found anything wrong with the way he places actresses or actors. They take on the persona very well. Um, Mitch, um, I think he... He plays. He's he's like he's like a stud, and he takes it on, and he knows it. And just the way he walks around and his aura in the movie, you feel that the whole time. And with Melanie, um, she's very coy, and she plays into that well um, as an actress. I don't remember her name, and I never will. So don't even tell me, Jack. Tippy man. And um, I'd say nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tippy Hedren, man. Come on. Um, <clears throat> You can yell at Dan now. Yeah. <laughs> he yells at me enough, man. Trust um, me. So, again, I don't think that there's I, – I find that Hitchcock is very good at p- plugging people into roles, and they, they do f- very well in all of his movies that I have seen, um, and that doesn't – that rings true with the birds. I thought that the lack of music, <clears throat> the no music in the movie – Zero. Um, no, well, not fuck, zero music. There's no score, but there is a couple songs that are right. in the yeah, film. No. <clears throat> That's true. But I'm yeah. not scoring. There's yeah. no score. So I guess I still don't know the difference between a score and... A score is like um, thematic music that's happening like for you as the audience, but not for the people in the it's, movie. It's music that has been written specifically for the film. Yes. Like Psycho. Rather than just... Like taking a bunch of songs movie. like Tarantino. Oh, does. I see. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, like the way he used the sound of the birds or the, um, just the look on people's faces or when Dan said it, like the, like, you know, something's going to happen and you're just fucking waiting for it. Like a zombie movie. Um, yeah. it, it was very well done i i really enjoyed it i thought this movie was fantastic from start to end even though i had to watch it in two separate pieces um i was really impressed i thought i thought it was really good that's all i can say um i haven't been disappointed with the hitchcock movie yet well, so nice you, you said a lot right you, you said a lot dude because um and a lot of things that 
yeah. I kind of want to like I'd like to dig into a little more. Um, like one of those things is like his casting. Um, because like the more that I list, like the more that I like hear his interviews and read about him and stuff like that. Um, and we can talk more about specifically about, about Tippi Hedren, but like in general, like Hitchcock uses actors, like their set pieces, like they don't, he's like, he's like Bill Belichick with running backs before the person he's like Bill Belichick with running backs. Like he's like plug and play. Like, I was listening to him do an interview and he's like, I hate method actors. I don't want you to know why you're doing a thing. I just want you to do what I fucking tell you to do. That's right. And well, Hitchcock was such an auteur filmmaker. I mean, he he was a, he was an auteur in the dictionary sense of the word. He controlled every single aspect from pre-production until the final cut. I mean, he, his hands were in everything always. Yeah. And it's just so crazy because you hear like people are really applauded now for like really taking a role and running with it. Right. Like, Oh, so-and-so wasn't even supposed to have a big part in this movie, but because they were so great, you know, we, we had to like emphasize their role. Right. Um, or just, I, I I don't know. You just, you hear that kind of stuff all the time where like an actor is really applauded for, or like, oh, they just sort of ad-libbed all those lines. Right. Or even like Marlon Brando. Right. I heard he never even memorized lines because he liked to kind of just wing it because he felt like that was <laughs> he more just natural. showed up <laughs> like Marlon Brando in, uh, Hitchcock would be like fucking oil and water. Like, <laughs> Because Hitch- oh, yeah. Hitchcock wanted the Hitchcock opposite of that. Hitchcock wouldn't have tolerated Brando. No. He wouldn't have tolerated No. But, like, yeah. even thinking about, like, Meryl Streep in The Deer Hunter, right? Where her role was supposed to be less significant, but she was so great right. and so amazing yeah. that they right. boosted her up. Um, Hitchcock yep. didn't want that. He didn't want any of that. It seems like he just wanted you to come in, look the direction he told you to look in, say the lines he wanted you to say, and say it convincingly. And, like, he didn't want you to even have a fucking brain, it seemed like. Well, if you if you've seen Amadeus, the film Amadeus about Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, obviously you you see a big part of what what that story is is how Mozart already knew in his head what the final piece was going to be before he ever wrote a single note down on paper. He knew exactly in his head everything that he wanted to be in there. Hitchcock approached film the exact same way he knew exactly every single shot he knew every single reaction that he wanted he 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 drew his own storyboards for his own (laughs) films his dude was a nut and and he just he controlled every aspect and he knew he, he he there was a joke that said that you know when it came to the actual filming hitchcock said yeah this is the part that's boring (laughs) <laughs> because the actual filming of the movie is boring because I know everything that's going to happen already because I've already written it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. And yeah. like and the thing is, it's not like he's working with schlubs either. Like he's working with legitimate no. fucking actors, fucking, you know, Cary mm-hmm. Grant, like James yep. Stewart, like these guys, yep. you know, um, fucking Grace Kelly. You know, like Ing- Ingrid Bergman, Gregory yeah, Peck. Exactly. Yeah. It's like these are not yeah. just like plug and play actors. These are fucking, no. you know, they're they're giants of their own regard. Um, Absolutely. 
but he was just like, it didn't matter, you know? And that's why, like, I, you know, I'll lose people on this because if you're not from New England, you don't, you fucking probably hate Bill Belichick, but that is exactly how Bill <laughs> Belichick coaches his football team. He's like, I don't care who but you everybody are. Everybody knows who he is. <laughs> exactly. But it's exactly how he coaches. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how like big of a star you are. Like you're going to do it the way I tell you to do it, or you're not going to be part of this team, you know? And when I'm done with you, you're going to move on, which is why Tom Brady is now playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, um, and that's how Hitch was apparently with his actors. Um, so yeah. So in regard to casting, Chris, like I, I just thought that that was kind of worth piggybacking on, um, because, because it was like, he could make the cast be whoever he wanted them to be. Uh, Apparently Tippy Hedren was like, why am I going up the stairs in that one scene? Like, what's my motivation? And he was like, (laughs) because I told you to. (laughs) you'll find find out yeah well yeah right she does find out but oh yeah she's like what is my character's motivation in like wanting to go look in that room and he's like because i'm the director and i told you to go look in that room um (laughs) see this is stuff i don't it's written on the storyboard right here that's right that's right this is All of this stuff is nothing that, you know, I'm privy to until now. So this is, uh, you know, just speaking from watching his movies. But that's what's great about uh, it is you're seeing it. But this is awesome because you're noticing it. And, like, you noticed about the score or the lack of the score. That's, I mean, not everybody always makes those connections. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's why I wanted to, like, sort of piggyback off of it. And then another thing that you said is, like, there's, like, parts where you know what's going to happen, but, like, you're, you know, so you're, like, you know, he's he's really good at building that up. And he made a great comment in an interview I listened to today where he's, like, you know, there's a big difference between mystery and suspense. And the, and the yep. interviewer was, like, what do you mean by that? And he goes, in mystery, you're trying to figure out what's going to happen. But in suspense, you know what's going to happen and you're waiting for it to happen. I was like, yeah, dude, that's right. fucking profound, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's right. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, dude. It was a good point. Though, Chris. I think, yeah, man, I'm glad you liked it because it's been a while since you've liked a movie we've done. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that while I watched it. And I'm like, this will this will be a good change to talk about. Tonight. So if we if we ever are struggling to get you into a movie, we'll just have to switch to a Hitchcock film because you're we're four, hitch. we're four for four on you, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. good deal, man. Um, awesome. Ge- Georgie boy, you still there? Yeah, Bob. What do you got, man? Um, I mean, I I like this movie. I've seen it on vhs on tv on dvd now digitally um it's i haven't seen it in a while um but it didn't matter you know you still know what's happening because that's the type of story it is you know you you know what's going to happen a lot of the time um but it's it's great the uh the lack of score the the way they would like speed up the bird sounds um that's all fantastic. But then also the way that they put the, the film together, like the editing where they would have shots of birds flying through the area. And then they would have another shot of the people there. And then have to like overlay it and stuff. Um, one thing that we haven't talked about in a while 
is if we would prefer the movie on VHS or DVD. And mm-hmm. now that I've watched it in HD, it is way better on VHS. Because, because in HD, it really pops all the times that he had that overlaid. Is um, it? Do they do overlay? Or which is it, was or is a it good amount of the film. Yeah. 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 Is that it overlay or is it sodium, rear projection? That, that yellow, it, oh, it's called both. yellow screen. It, yeah. It's called yellow screen. It's what Disney used to do for movies like Mary Poppins and Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, where they would put real actors into animated and that's exactly what he did with the birds and he, and he used, used Disney, right? the shit out of it. So what, it, so what, yeah, no, he used Disney's equipment. Actually he used the actual Disney equipment for right. it. He used and, the Disney, and, and Disney person. I think he used the Disney people to help him use the equipment. Cause like he, he hadn't really done it before. Right. So it's this rear, it's this rear projection on a back screen of yellow sodium light of uh, light. And, but the front subject, the actors, are in like so basically what you have because that oh used blue screen had pretty much been perfected by that point but the, the all right jack you're breaking up for me is jack so breaking up for anyone else, else? yeah jack. yeah I thought, yeah, he's I thought it was i thought it was me but right. is it is it better now yes it's oh, much yeah. better so okay so sorry about that so anyway, the, this the blue screen had already oh, shit, hated man. the so payload bad, that dude. would happen. Yeah, we're struggling. Okay, I don't man. know. Why. Not sure what's happening. I don't know. Is it still bad? Is it, well, yep, we're just I can't even hear what you're saying because they just breaking up so much. So yeah. Okay, let me. And we don't want to miss it. It's good shit. There's is there is. Cutting. Yeah, dude. It's, it's getting worse and worse. Not sure what that's about. Okay, I, I don't know because I haven't done anything different. It's weird. <laughs> I know. Is that still the same? You sound all right right now. Okay. Um. Well, let me know if it happens again. We, we will. Sorry, man. I don't mean to keep cutting you off. Just want to hear. No, what, no, no, not at all. Just want to hear is it that. Better? Is it better? Is it now? You it sound is, okay right now. Yeah, it's all right. right okay. Now. So. Just real quick, it, they used to use in in the late fifties they had perfected blue screen, but Hitchcock hated the way that the the halo would be around the actors on the on the screen right. when he would try to superimpose it over another shot. So the with the yellow sodium vapor lights, you didn't get that. So it actually looked much better when you would put the actors over another backdrop, and he used it all through the film. If you pay attention, it happened. Yeah, just yes. birds, but the actors too. Yeah. So what I was saying is, watching it on HD, that really pops. And in yeah. one sense, it was like, wow, I never realized how much work had to go into the editing because I didn't realize how much of this was that like yellow screen overlay type thing. It, so, it was, a, dude. It was it was Alfred Hitchcock's toughest film he ever made, technically. Yeah, and you can, I mean, watching HD, I, I felt that, but it really took away from the experience of watching it. I mean, I've watched it on VHS and just, you know, um, DVD a long time ago and it didn't pop, you know, it was just, it just felt more natural. Like you knew that obviously some of it was like that, 
but the haziness of VHS really lends to to blending those in well. Um, well, you got to get this 4K HD thing, man, and see how you like it on that, because that's even higher. Well, it's like definition. it's <laughs> it's like preferring vinyl over CDs, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's more than that. Man. It's more than that. The, the murkiness of the shot really changes things. Right. Um, and and with it in HD, it was just so bright and crisp and clear, which was really great in seeing a lot of uh, a lot of details and expressions. But seeing that overlay so crisp and clear was was kind of sad. Um, That's funny because I didn't like. I mean, I saw that too, um, but I kind of i I don't know. I like I appreciated it, like. Um, sort of like when we watched King Kong, how much work went into the editing, right? So sort of like when we watched King Kong and it wasn't like, it wasn't like so bad that like, I couldn't still get into the movie. Um, mostly because the acting was just so exceptional and, you know, and the, and the filming was so exceptional that like, even though I knew it was fake, which you always know it's fake. Um, it, it's still like, I was still immersed in it personally yeah yeah um and you got to realize that in 1963 it was groundbreaking for the time yeah i mean i'm i watched it with so i watched it like four times in preparation for the episode and one of the times i watched it with my kids and they were like saying kind of like what george is saying now we're like that looks so fake that looks so ridiculous i'm like you guys have to understand this movie came out like a long, long time ago, and they didn't have computers. Like this almost is almost sixty years ago. Yeah, it's like this is all done just like through like you know chemicals and just yeah, ingenuity and cutting and cutting mats for every single yeah. fucking frame. Exactly. Like this they is cut, all just physical had to labor. Cut the mats out. Yeah. yeah, it was insane. <laughs> and uh, and you know. And it's like, and also on top of that, you have to appreciate that we are where we are because of films like this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Without the birds, you wouldn't have had all of the special effects that followed. I mean, because that's where it's that it's those kind of films that pushed special effects way forward. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, I could see what you're saying, George, like on VHS, you might not Good even see it stuff. or especially if it, you're watching like on a smaller screen. Um, right. So my point is just is just casual watchability is is yeah. lacking yeah. Um, with that. So as someone that reviews movies, it was good to be able to see that so that I can give it credit. But if I was viewing it as someone that was like, oh, I'm just going to pop in a movie. I've never seen Hitchcock. And I throw this in an HD. It's it could be a little jarring. Yeah. Um, so the VHS softens that. And makes it more natural. And this um, is the problem with old movies. This yeah. is the problem with people who haven't seen a lot of old movies. They see these old movies and they're like, what the fuck is this? This looks like shit, you know? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be right. like my bigger point to what you're saying, George, is like, is there a lot of movies from the 60s, particularly of like this sort of vein that you can just pop in and watch and not have that sort of jarring like, oh, this doesn't look good. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> like you Valid have point. to go, you have to go yeah. a movie from the sixties. You have to go to it knowing yeah. when it was made. There, there has yes. to be some suspension of disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. But yeah, but I hear what you're um, saying, man. Anyway. So, so other, other parts of the movie, 
Um, what we were talking about earlier with how Hitchcock treated his actors. Oh, um, oh God. <laughs> that I mean, examples of that being Tippi Hedren's character. Oh, yeah. Um, having live goals thrown at her. Um, like to the point where she had fucking nightmares and had to take a week's rest in the middle of filming because oh, she, she was so she freaked out. She collapsed from exhaustion, dude. Yeah. 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 They, was, yeah. Like she was, she was fucked. So correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Hitchcock but tortured her. She not yeah. only like had them thrown at live, live birds thrown at her. She was told they were going to be yep. fake birds. Up right. until the moment she entered the room. Fuck, man. Or like, wow. no, like right before. No, right. No, actually, I'm sorry. I changed that. It was right before. It was right before the, like, what Hitchcock's associate producer or assistant producer or director or whatever we, you, and she, he said, oh, by the way, Tippy, the birds are going to be real. Bye. And left. Yep. Fuck. That's man. how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then she had to go, and then she had to go directly to do the scene. <laughs> Speaking yeah. about about the birds being real, another technical marvel was that they had all of those birds fucking trained individually, and they had like a bird hospital built on set. Like, yeah, they had trainers there, yeah, yeah. So, but like that that old lady bitch in the store was <laughs> talking about how like birds don't like to chill with other. Oh, the ornithol the ornithologist, yeah. Yeah, but like birds don't want to just chill with other species of birds. So to train all those birds to just chill with each other with like no fucking space between them and, you know, at certain times be, you know, flapping like a motherfucker and then at other times just be, you know, perfectly still just watching, just creepily watching. Like, man, that's got to be such hard work. And they had to do it like they had to do a lot of it on location um yep. which is really cool but that meant that like they had to deal with the birds like fucking outside birds can just fucking leave and they're well a lot they of the, wild birds a lot right? of those shots were a lot of those shots were done with birds flying inside of glass cages and then they just superimposed which was how they got the how they kept the birds that was a big part of how they kept the birds controlled but they were uh, wild birds right it, like on the sound stages, they had put like nets above it and everything, but yeah, it was crazy. I mean, but they, yeah, they had to, because yeah, you were right. They just would have fucking flown everywhere. <laughs> so that's just insane. Like just that part. Like if, if, if I watched like a YouTube video and it was some dude that was like, Hey, I just trained these hundreds of different kinds of birds to yeah. just fucking chill together. Yeah. Uh, that would be enough to be like, wow, like how the fuck did he do this? But, you know, to have the whole movie worked around that was insane. Um, yeah, that's totally, totally right. And the other cool thing, George, was that in, in, in addition to all the live birds, they also had mechanical birds. <laughs> that yes. They had a shit ton of mechanical birds they had built. And then on top of that, they also had just cut out birds, like birds <laughs> that were drawn and cut out and interspersed in between all of them. And, and just and, Veronica Cartwright, when she was walking around, she asked Hitch, she said, well, isn't, isn't it going to look fake having these 
fake birds mixed in with the the live ones and hitch said no that's the magic of movies <laughs> if some of the birds are moving that's what's going to draw your attention and you're not even going to notice that the, there's birds that aren't moving now stop talking to me child very true <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, fucking... no, no, he actually, he, I know he, he actually liked Veronica Cartwright. He, he, he had a great relationship with her, but unlike Tippi Hedren, but yeah. <laughs> well, he liked Tippi Hedren. That was the problem. He liked well, her a little yeah, too much. Well, yeah, but we know, yeah, but unfortunately, if Hitch liked you, that was not good. <laughs> no, apparently not. I mean, maybe the difference was that, um, what's her name, Veronica Cartwright. Yeah. Um, she was too young for him. So maybe Yeah, no, she was like a cute little niece to have around. Exactly. <laughs> so that was her saving grace. Um yeah. That that's all tr- uh yeah. No, I love that part too, George. Good point. Um so you had uh Jack, you had mentioned earlier the the name of the original author of the story. Daphne um, DeMaria. Yeah, yeah. And so then like they buy the rights to that story and then completely fucking change the story. Which is completely great, but, changed it. Like they, all they, all that they kept was like the basic outline and just the fact birds were attacking people. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and Daphne Damarie also wrote Rebecca, which was uh, Hitchcock's first American film, which was the only one that he won the Academy Award for. She wild. also wrote another one of his films because he had done two of her things before. Oh, he what had was done the other this. one? What I don't know. It was another. It was another girl's name. Oh, okay. Another girl's um, name. Yeah, it was just a girl's name. That's it. I don't remember what it was. Susan. Um, Karen. Sally. Yeah, was probably. It Mar- was it Marnie? Was it? No. No, that was somebody else. I have no fucking clue. That anyway, was also after this, um, right? That's right. No, that was be- that was before this. No, Marnie what was, was after this. No, other- no Marnie was, oh, was after, I, but not the other. I wasn't Right, right. Um, okay, so we we talked earlier about how he controlled everything and he had everything planned out, but there was some flexibility. Like, to be able to use the actual location, he had to, like, use the real town name, and he put one of the, like, one of the locals, the guy that had the, uh, what was it, the boat area or the restaurant or whatever. Boat area, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They put him in the movie. Um, so, like, he changed things to be able to make his vision work. Like, he wanted that thing, so he was willing to change, like, the name of things and then adding that one guy for, you know, one line, which I thought was cool. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a great movie. It's a fucking classic. It's badass. Um, it's wonderful suspense um oh uh no fuck it i'll leave that um <laughs> what one of you guys is gonna say it so i don't want to i don't want to just keep saying shit so you guys maybe still have some shit to say um yeah so i'm just i'm kind of color there. commentary all through so that's kind of what I, that's where <laughs> i pitch in <laughs> all right well i'm just gonna cut it there and move on because i don't want to like say everything and then all right. it up. Well, let's Good uh, job. let's give something else away. You guys want to give something else away? Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's psycho, give away another psycho, copy. Psycho. All right. So um, we're gonna do we're gonna give away one on um, on Instagram. So we've only got 
we've got one, two, three, four submissions. So maybe we should only give away one on Instagram and give away four on Twitter. That makes, that makes, that more, makes more math. All right, sense. then let's do one more on Twitter, and then we'll do the Instagram one in the middle. So that it's two right. Twitter, number, one number in, seven. All right, seven. Let me um. Let See, me. when I just randomly say out a number, no one cares. He's not randomly but saying a number. A number generator. I Do you know generator. that for sure? I believe him. <laughs> Can you see the random number generator? All right. So number seven is uh, Shoot the Flick, um, which is another another movie podcast. Um, it's a newlywed couple, and uh, they get nerdy about movies together. So they, um, uh, they there said, it is. Their fa- there's the proof. Their favorite. Look at your phone, George. You're the proof. What? My phone just says keypad and speaker and video and a big red circle. No, he's X. showing you the minimum one and maximum 20 on the random number generator. No, I'm, I'm not seeing anything. Do you I'm guys want to know what the Shoot page. the Flick's favorite Hitchcock movie is? You don't even know how to use your phone. Oh what God. is it? It's Rear Window. Yeah. Nice. nice. Oh, yes. hi, George. What's what up, the Chris? Fu- what What is happening? Now I see the video. Uh, there you oh go. my god, yeah. George! We're trying I to make a fucking podcast, fuck. dude. I see it. It's fucking staged, man. It's not staged. Conspiracy <laughs> theory. All right. Making that anyway, <laughs> you've just ruined Shoot the Flick's moment. Congratulations, Shoot the Flick. Sorry, Shoot the Flick. We'll send you a copy Thanks. of Psycho. Even Yay. though Rear Window is your favorite, we also love Rear, Rear Window. Rear Window is my favorite, too. So but we don't have that one to give away. So No, but it's get. a great movie, and uh, you but should I'm listen to our episode on it. their taste. Yes. It's a very good one with Jimmy Stewart. Um, okay. So having said that, Jack, I want to hear. Yes, sir. I you've been giving great color commentary, but I want to hear your thoughts. That uh, I want to hear you. I want to hear you run the conversation for a minute. So what? Well, do you, what I do you mean, got? for me, I've been a fan of the birds for since I was a kid, and I, I've watched I've watched this movie many times. But because of my ego. And when you asked me to do the episode, I, of course, forced myself to crash course as much knowledge about this film as I could, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. Um, but it it really gave me so much more re- for this film, technically, and how much work Hitchcock put in, because this well, film really uh, stretched. Out again. Hitch- okay, can you hear me? Yeah. What? Hello? I can hear you yeah. now. Is that better? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, I haven't moved. Different. I know. I don't, I don't know it, either. Man. Maybe my internet is just going. Uh, can you hear me now? Uh, yeah. It's a little Hello. staticky, but it's okay. Sorry. Okay, well. No, no worries. Just... It's pro- it might be my end. I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm hearing uh, it too. It could also just be Skype, man. You know, you get you get know. too excited and Skype's like, no, no, no. Why don't you calm down? <laughs> <laughs> were we, were we but... clipping? No, we were not clipping. Uh, am I coming through better? You're good. I don't know. Yep. Okay. So oh, it's just, I, I didn't, I never realized how much this film pushed Hitchcock's uh, ability to tackle technical and, and, and special effects. He had never done anything like this before the birds. So th- this film was a big leap for him and he really rose to the task and, and he knew 
from the beginning uh, while he was storyboarding it. He knew every shot he wanted. And it's just to to create a film like this with this level of technical prowess and to not have the experience before. But because Hitch was just that fucking good of a filmmaker, yeah. he just tackled it and did it. And, and it's important. And so from that, that aspect, I, it earned a lot of respect. I, I didn't know anything about the yellow sodium lighting, the, the yellow screen shit. I didn't know anything about that before. I had no idea like how everything superimposed over each other. I, I just never bothered to find out. Right. And, uh, and, and yeah, uh, the, for me, there's, there's a lot of, and, and this is where I'm going to veer off a little bit. There's a lot yeah. of allegory happening in this film, um, and in this story. So there's several different options that the story actually, that you could interpret it. So one is that, you know, why are the birds doing this? And you can go with, of course, the random, well, they're doing it. It just because it's a horror movie and they're fucking doing it. Or there's also the sure rebelling against man. You know, there's the idea that this is nature uh, paying us back for us not respecting it. And didn't Hitch, watch didn't film, Hitch even at one point say something to that effect? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he did. And so that that's a big part. So there's there's so there's several different ways that you can approach watching this film and interpreting it. And I love that. I, I think that's badass because yeah. I love films that you can break down differently and, and it almost makes it into a different movie. You know, so that right. for me, that's just something really interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's that there's that theory, which is the nature rising up against man. Um, and then the other one which is an even more interesting uh, theory. And this plays into Hitchcock's uh, treatment of his women stars. Um, the original Daphne du Maurier story, it very clearly, and, and it's, it's a lot like Rebecca too, where women who uh, exert their independence and women who, you know, step out of that role of just being the submissive female who's supposed to go along and be the, you know, and need men to rescue them and need men to make decisions for them and whatever. Uh, that is not who Melanie Daniels is. Melanie Daniels is independent. She does her own thing. She's a practical joker. You know, she's a socialite woman who comes from money and she's bored and she, she basically does whatever the fuck she wants and she exerts her sexuality however she wants. And that from this from the, the standpoint of the, the novel is a big no-no in the Daphne de Maurier universe and so the birds attacking it the birds never attack before Melanie arrives in, in town and even so, that woman even says that right when the when woman says in the that yeah restaurant. so none of this happened until you got here it must be because you're evil or whatever exactly but if you'll notice especially in the end when melanie is finally overcome by the birds and she's got no fight left she's given all she's got and she's lost against the attic birds you know yeah mitch rescues her are you there yeah 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 man oh so so 
so Mitch rescues her and carries her down like a little babes in arms, you know, and yes. and 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 basically plays the the alpha male. Yeah. And she submits and gives in. And at that point, the birds calm down and they stop attacking. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you picked up on that. So was it really her fault? We don't know exactly, but there's if definitely this movie a had a score, of... would it just be WAP? <laughs> George, <laughs> right? we're right. not bringing WAP onto this show. All right, man. I, I don't. What's that, Jack? What is WAP? Uh, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Look it up, man. We don't need to. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not going to waste our airtime on WAP. <laughs> but so, so the, the bottom line is is female independence and female autonomy must be punished. That's the other theory. I mean, that aligns... That turns it it into another movie, and that lines up with Hitchcock's treatment of especially Tippi Hedren. uh, Yeah, yeah. And how how he... Hitchcock was famous for punishing his ingenues. He was famous for it. I mean, that's what he did. He did it he did it to kim novak he did it to eva marie saint he did it to grace kelly and dial yeah. m for murder yeah i mean it's just and janet lee and psycho i mean he did it over and over he had this thing for tormenting blonde and yeah and, but they had to be <laughs> that icy they had to be that icy independent and you know emotionally unavailable but sexy you know yeah and I mean, that's exactly what B. Hedron was. And, and, you know, and of course, as we know, uh, Hitchcock, you know, uh, he, he he let it run away with him uh, with Tippi Hedron. He he, uh, uh, you know, his obsession grew to uh, oh. lengths, actually. Yeah, yeah. So he got really obsessed with Tippi. Now, um, and, and this is very like this is all very like me too ish, um, which Oh yeah. Quite frankly, um, I was totally unaware of uh, in regard to Hitchcock before before we had done um, this movie, and I learned more about Tippi Hedren. Um, oh yeah. But you know, he basically blackballed her. Um, and oh, he ruined. Yeah. Yeah, because he had her under a contract. And yeah. then he was making advances on her and she was like, no. And then she wanted out of her contract um, to get away from him. And he was like, you don't want out of your contract. You have an aging mother and you have children. You have a family to take care of. Oh, yeah. And basically held like openly held hit her contract with him against her to try to get apparently sexual favors from her. Um, he flat out said to her, I will ruin ruin your career if you break our contract and you don't submit to what I'm asking of you. Now, how yeah. much of this though happened? It, it was, a, it was mostly after, um, the birds though, right? It was more it was during the birds, but it went on into Marnie. I mean, he, he had a direct door from his office into her dressing room during Marnie. Fuck man. That is, Ugh. that is private, like a private door. Or that only he had the key to. That is that's that is as creepy. me too as you can fucking get, man. That's disgusting. Yeah, no, Hitch Hitch got he he got very. He had always been creepy with his female actresses, but there were some that just knew, like Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly knew 
to handle him because Grace Kelly was fiercely independent and she did whatever she wanted to do. And she always slept with her co-stars just because she. Ah, we keep losing you, Jack. And so she, sorry. All right. So we had some, we had some uh, technical difficulties. Um, Skype does not, uh, is not a sponsor of our show. So I'm going to officially say fuck Skype right now. Uh, (laughs) So Jack, you were telling us about how some of uh, Hitchcock's leading ladies dealt with his uh, creepiness. So, so he had been doing this for years and, and, you know, um, Grace Kelly was probably his the one that he wanted the worst. I mean, he out of everybody he ever worked with, Grace Kelly was the one he really just could not get over. And that's that's what Tippi Hedren, Kim Novak, Eva Marie said. They were all they were all just trying to be replacements for Grace Kelly. I feel like there's a movie um, there like there, that should be a movie like that's right. fucking creepy and, and in itself. Grace Kelly, because Grace Kelly married the Prince of Monaco and she became the Princess of Monaco and she was actually going to do Marnie. And the people of Monaco did not think that it was appropriate that she does a movie that she kisses another man. So they they like were staunchly against it. And she said, well, what if I take the money that I make from this movie and donate it to, you know, Monaco? And and they were like, nope, we don't care. We don't. Holy we don't shit. want that. Our <laughs> We don't want your kiss money. Yeah, she actually had to back out of Marnie and then uh, hitch put Tippi Hedren in. But so uh, Ingrid Bergman was another one. He Ingrid Bergman worked with him on a couple of films. And there was something about Ingrid Bergman's demeanor. She was so demure and so well-bred and so kind. and, And he just couldn't bring himself to assault her, you know, or like hassle her sexually. He just, he couldn't do it. So he actually left Ingrid Bergman alone. But, um, but uh, Kim Novak, Grace Kelly, all of them, Grace Kelly just knew how to handle him. She just now, didn't take it. Was seriously. Grace Kelly established yeah. before she worked with Hitchcock? No, dial M for murder is what made her. Um, yeah, because Tippy uh, Tippy Hedren hadn't uh, the Birds was her first film. No, she was a she was an uh, she was a model and she did commercials for Sego diet drinks. Right, that's where he found her. <laughs> right, so before the Birds, she hadn't had she hadn't done a film, let alone been the star. No, she of had never film. done it. But, it. but it turned out that she was a very good actress and. But more importantly, as far as Hitch was concerned, she followed what he told her. Right. Which, you know, as we which said at the he, beginning, is all he wanted. Um, by the way, exactly. we're talking about her in past tense. Uh, Tippi Hedren is still alive. Um, yes, she is. She's she is 90, 90 years old. Sexy, yeah. sexy and 90. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can listen to interviews with her talking about her relationship with Hitchcock. And um, they're, uh, very, yeah. they're very interesting. She has a really... Um, I don't know. She has a really interesting perspective on it. I guess at 90, I don't know. You've kind of really worked through a lot of your shit, but like, um, you know, she basically sounds like when she talks about Hitchcock, she talks about basically like how she was disappointed in him. Um, absolutely. You know, it's not like, she doesn't sound like a victim. She sounds like someone who's like, man, he was great. I don't know why he had to be such a dick. 
she she still to this day tippy hedron is very respectful to hitchcock the filmmaker right and right. hitchcock the director he's she's very respectful of him in that respect and she gives him all the credit for helping her career and giving her her start so she's very she's very respectful as far as that but when it comes to the personal stuff and what all the bullshit that went down um she's just like you know she's like it's just nobody should have to go through that right and, and she goes and it was traumatizing it was absolutely traumatizing and on top of that to have him try to ruin my career which essentially he did um he had her blackballed and you know i mean because i mean hitch Hitch was probably one of the last real power directors of Hollywood. He, he after that, I mean, after that kind of came the Mavericks, you know, like Coppola and, and Spielberg and Lucas and uh, Scorsese and all them. But before that, Hitchcock's last run during the 60s, he was the last director that really had that kind of power. Right, and right. I don't know, man. Have you, you know, heard about before, Clint Eastwood getting people blackballed? Clint Eastwood's got some muscle. It, I'm sure he does too, but it's not <laughs> Hollywood. Just isn't the same as it used to be. Right, it's right. just the golden age. the The golden age of Hollywood, you know, the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s. I mean, it, it was much more common back then. I mean, directors could ruin actors' careers at the drop of a hat. It wasn't a big deal. It's because the Hitchcock, field wasn't so wide back then. Like now, well, like it, if you get yeah. blackballed over here, there's somewhere else you can go over there with other people that it's probably a, hate this guy over here. You know, right? And and actors and actresses now, they're 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 contractors. They're pri they're they're in you know they're independent contractors. Whereas back then, the the studio that you signed the contract with, they owned your ass. Oh yeah, that's, that's why it. guys like the Three Stooges died like broke, you know. Yeah, I mean, and they they owned everything about you, and they paid for your acting lessons, and they paid for your dancing lessons, and your elocution lessons, and I mean, they, just everything for like Judy Garland was another one. I mean, she she got so fucked up by the Hollywood system it was a joke, but like that's that's kind of Tippy Hedren came in kind of right at the end of that, yeah. And so I would say if Tippy Hedren had come in a, along maybe ten years later. It might have gone differently for her, right? But you know, things being what they were, um, she got screwed. So, do you think things like in the birds, where they throw the live birds at her, um, it, yeah. without without really giving her a heads up on that? Do you think that is? Oh yeah. Do you think that is a punishment for her not for oh, like screwing his advances? Absolutely. All right, it wasn't Look, for the, the sake I, of the film. It, the way I see it, Hitch. Hitch punished his leading ladies to begin with. Right. Um, when Tippy refused him because she she stuck to her guns, man. She would not cave. Right. And she was like, look, you may own me professionally, but you do not own me personally. Right. And she stuck to that. And he made her pay for it. And in numbers of different ways, it wasn't just that scene, but that was just one of the worst cases that that was that was the camp that was the straw that broke the camel's back i mean yeah that was the one that that gave her a breakdown you know yeah 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 because yeah, they told her it was going to be mechanical birds all the way up until the scene <laughs> got shot 
and, and even it's the not... mechanical birds. There was that one that went through the phone booth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and just and and like, and she had no idea that the glass was going to break. So her reaction to all those things happening—the glass breaking in the telephone booth, and and especially the scene in the attic—those reactions are real. That's those why I was reactions. wondering. That's why I was wondering if. Like he did those things to her um, for the sake of the film or for the sake of like punishing her. Cause like, well, those reactions, it was probably both. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It was probably both. He probably said, well, fuck it. I'm going to get what I want for this movie and I'm going to teach the bitch a lesson at the same time. And you know, (laughs) not, not to be overly flippant, but you know, get, get, uh, or stone two birds at once. Right. Um. Absolutely. (laughs) And, And that's, but that's but that's who Hitch was. I mean, Hitch was he was a dictator. He he was the he was one of the last of the truly great dictatorial directors. I mean, it, and he's one of the greatest. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to his abilities as a filmmaker, there, there were none better. I mean, he he was pretty much right there at the top of all time. But yeah. as a person, yeah, there was a lot to be left desired. You know, a lot left to be desired. And I didn't I didn't really know any about any of that about him until until we covered this movie yeah. and I was I was researching that. Did uh did either of you guys know any of that about Hitchcock? No, and it kind of grosses me out like Yeah makes me respect him a lot less well, regardless of how good his movies are. And unfortunately I, I wish I could tell you that such a thing was not common in Hollywood with many other filmmakers. Well, we all know that. that. We all know that that's not true. I mean... The way, it was the way it was. It was wrong, but it was the way it was. It's the way it is. I mean, that's the reality. That's the... Not like not like before. But, but that's the whole, around. that's the whole, like, energy beti- behind the Me Too movement is like... Oh, yeah, of course. Like, this yeah. is this no, shit absolutely. still happens. Even the small amounts of power, like, even if power yes. is more spread out and actors yeah. have more, like, voice now, this shit is still right. happening. I mean... Like, Absolutely, and the, the behavior just gets driven underground, and again, and the people just try to get better at hiding it. That's all. Right, right. It's still there. Yeah. yeah. So it does. Create... Back then, back then they did it openly and overtly, and they didn't care who knew. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And yet, in the movie, the uh, the Mitch character was just chivalry down to the every little bit, like when his mom's like. Yeah flipping out at him when he's yeah. to say Melanie but like everything yeah. he did was he was just super respectful and super like he was the good guy you know well that's if you notice that about most Hitchcock movies when it, when it comes to the alpha male protector whose job it is to protect the leading lady that that is common in Hitchcock films it's it's he's a good guy yeah like Jimmy Stewart or Gary Grant or Gregory. I mean, it's like the, these are just good guys. They're stand up dudes, you know? Yeah, because that's how the perfect, the perfect alpha male. That's yeah. how he wants to see himself, I assume. You know, like this is. Well, who, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it is. But, you know, yeah. But I, then it. But so. But yeah, Rod Taylor was he was that he was that perfect embodiment of that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It's kind of disappointing the way that the movie ends because, uh, or not ends, but that scene with, with him, 
rescuing uh, her um, from yep. the attic. It's like, oh yeah, if that had, it reinforces that negative message. But everything else in the movie almost kind of like if if the end was flipped around and she came out as the hero, then the message right. is the complete the opposite. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, if she's the final girl. If she's like fucking Ripley, yeah. you know what I mean, like an alien. Um, then you have a totally different message because you have all these people throughout the movie who are blaming her for the birds and, um, and, you know, being critical of her, the mother being critical of her and all that, but then her coming out on top and being like, I'm above all this. I'm not getting beaten down by it. Then you have a completely different message, which obviously would be much more powerful. Absolutely. And that's why Laurie Strode and Ellen Ripley are such important characters in film history because they brought, they shattered that mold. Yeah. And because before women were not allowed to be the final survivors, right. They were only allowed to be rescued by a man. Right. Yeah. And so that would have been a great opportunity for Tippi Hedren to become that first. I mean, one. It, but Hitchcock wouldn't have allowed it. And it's too bad because he, he like, he, he gets so close to it in, in psycho and in this, like he's painting these women to be powerful, to be independent. But then like he gets so close to that line, but then he punishes them for it and, and then makes the white knight show up and rescue them, you know? And that is the dichotomy of Alfred Hitchcock with his relationship to his leading ladies, because he did, value that power he did love that in which he loved independence in women but he had to punish it and he made us he made us love it that that was the dichotomy yeah he made us love it like he didn't paint independent women as like um you know bossy and annoying and like gross no they were sexy exactly so it's weird because he he makes you feel that same confusion where it's like you want her to be those things um but then she has to be rescued you know (laughs) exactly exactly no you're you're perfectly spot on i mean that's exactly what he did hitchcock was a he was a weird dude man he he had definitely had issues yeah for sure yeah I yeah. would definitely encourage anybody who's listening to this who wants to know more about it. There's tons of interviews out there with Tippi Hedren. Um, she's an yeah. amazing woman. She is very well spoken, and she has a lot yeah. to say about this. Um, and and Melanie Griffith's mother and Dakota yes. Johnson's grandmother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Man, that's that's we need we need a uh, multi generational photo of that group of women because that's I know right. Pretty I epic. Talk about a legacy. You yeah, know? that's epic. Um, yeah. good. All right. Well, Jack. So, so that's really, I think kind of my take on all of it was, I love the different ways that you can approach the story of this film, depending on how you look at it and depending on which allegories you focus on, because it, it can be taken several of different ways and Hitch never really exactly defined which way is correct he left it open to interpretation which is another thing that i always love yeah yeah i love it man i love that um so uh what i would say what about you (laughs) (laughs) what i i mean we've said a lot about the movie there's not a whole lot i can add um one thing that i will say about hitchcock is like there's so much subtlety to the way that he leads you to feel a certain way um, mm-hmm. whether it's from like, like the, 
like the juxtaposition of how like Annie dresses versus the way um, that Melanie dresses, right? Oh yeah. Um, where dowdy you know, versus the classy socialite. Yeah, and it's like, um, and not just like the clothes themselves, but like the colors. You know, um, Annie's wearing bright colors, and um, you know, Melanie's wearing muted colors. Um, and 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 I don't know if you noticed, but did you notice that in that first scene, Annie looks like she's got a like she's got foundation covering up a black eye or something on the left side yeah she's got like a brown she's got like a little brown strip there i don't know if it was yeah. just bad makeup or something but it looked like she was covering up a bruise or something it was weird that was weird that was weird and it was like almost it, noticeable enough that. to feel like it was on purpose but it, it's, it's i don't know it's in a weird area yeah <laughs> um but you know like it, those kind of things they like they like trick your mind into feeling ways without even really realizing it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the shots and a lot, you know, obviously a lot of the ways that they film shots where it's like, you know, there, there's the amazing, um, I think one of the greatest uh, sort of scenes is with her driving the boat away from the Island. And when it yeah. keeps cutting back yep. to her looking back, to the farm and just the way that they show it from her perspective, looking back and it, like it almost reminds me of that vertigo, um, whatever that technique was called dolly zoom. Um, it's almost right like down that. The stairs. Yeah. Um, it's like George says, it's a, it's an editing masterpiece. Yeah. And there's another great <laughs> scene just yeah. uh, with, where there's another, like, uh, it, so they're in the house and they think the birds have all flown away, and it's a it's a close up of of the mother's face, um, and then it yeah. zooms back, and then there's um, there's Mitch's face, and then it zooms back further, and there's um, Melanie's face, and they have the the great shot where it's like the three you know the, the three of them together. Uh, I don't know, yeah. and it and it's all these things that uh, if you don't make a point to focus to see it it's still happening and it's still working in your brain and it's still affecting your feelings and your emotions about the moments. Um, and, and I, and I think that that's, what's so, you know, that that's, what's magical about Hitchcock is like, he knows that stuff. He knows how to manipulate your brain into feeling ways that he wants you to feel. Um, and, and and, have no idea why you're being manipulated to feel that way and noticing it. Exactly. That's that's where the, true mastery is exactly like another thing that i noticed that again was a subtlety is like the birds in the beginning of the movie in the bird shop their their chirping was very light and and airy and pleasant but then as the movie progresses the the chirping gets more aggressive and like yep kind of gnarly sounding and apparently the the bird the bird noises later in the movie uh, were not actually bird noises. They were made on some like pre-synthesizer device. Right. Um, yeah. That, that ear, yeah. Ear, exactly. Ear. They're mechanical. <laughs> it's like it's like electronic, yep. and yep. and it creates yep. that really easy, eerie, uneasy feeling. Um, yeah, it's freaky sound. But again, like 
the birds at the beginning sound pleasant and they make you feel like at ease, but as a progress, and then, and then also like you start the movie with like bright and colorful, colorful birds, love birds, canaries. Then the first birds that attack, they're, they're white, they're gulls, you know, and then it's sparrows and sparrows are like still kind of small, you know, whatever. Um, but then by the end it's fucking crows, you know, uh, and crows are, black and dark and big oh. and they're inherently scary and harbingers of evil you know exactly they're harbingers of evil. exactly <laughs> um and yep. so all those things none of it is stated explicitly for you but it's all working in your brain and he's doing it all very on purpose um that's right and did you notice that the lovebirds never tripped out no i know the only bird, the only birds in the whole movie that never freak out are the lovebirds. And Kathy mentions that she kind of mentions it a few times yeah. throughout the movie, and she asked to take them at the end. Um, yeah, I thought that was yeah. interesting too. Um, yeah, they didn't, you, they they didn't freak out in the kitchen. Symbolism no. there between Melanie and Mitch too. Yes, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And yeah. then um, I guess. Uh, there were also the chickens. Remember, that was one of the earlier things. Before you get any attacks, you find out that the chickens are not eating their feed, which is that's right. This that's su- right. sort of subtle thing. Um, but then something yeah. that could be lost easily with this movie because of how great the suspense is of it is there's some really funny sort of shtick at the beginning of the movie. Um, oh, like yeah. when she goes that's to the on purpose. Yeah, I know. Uh, Again, like I said, there's a lot, everything's on purpose, but you don't realize what it's doing to you um, unless you're really focusing on it. But like that bit at the post office um, where it's like, what's the girl's name again? And they're like back and forth about the girl's name. And then uh, right, right. nobody can remember the right name. <laughs> it's such a, like a fucking Abbott and Costello type of like deal. It, it's, I don't know. I thought, I thought that that was great. Well, and it's also just such a guy thing. It's like, what's yes. that girl's name? Fucking, I don't know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. it's just the way that the men from the beginning of the film, the way the men look at her, the way the men interact with her, when she tells the guy that she knows how to drive a boat, he's like, Oh, oh yeah. Boy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even her dad, she calls her dad, and what does he say? What does she have to assure him she's not? I'm not I'm not being hysterical. I'm very calm. You know? Right. Hysterical is right. inherently a feminine sort of insanity, right? Of course. Because his- of course. It comes from, you know, hysteria, like hy- hysterectomy, like that's it's a female specific thing. So basically he's saying you're being yep. a crazy woman. You know, she's like, I'm not. Right. And so and again, you have that tension of Hitchcock where it's like he's showing that like a strong woman is not a lunatic. Like she's smart. She knows what she's talking about. But then he just cannot help himself but make her get saved. But she must be punished. anyway. Exactly. Punished and saved. <laughs> All right. I think yep. that we have we have done this one thoroughly. So now let's give away another Let's give away the Instagram, the Instagram giveaway. You said there were five, mention, right? There's, hold on a sec. What? Did, did we ever mention that the guy that plays Mitch is Australian? No. No, but that's a good point. Like, he's he's like the, the American, like, perfect, ideal man in this movie, and he's not even American. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's interesting. Um, I did not Act know it. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln, the star of The Walking Dead, was uh, is British, right? So, yep. Although I feel like having a Southern accent is probably a really easy way to cover up a British accent. Um, it is. But uh, all right. But like Kenneth Branagh, I was like, did you? I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Dead uh, Dead Again. Um, no. That, with Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson, it's a great suspense movie. It's very Hitchcock like. Um, but it's it's it was the second movie he did after Henry V. But he he does a perfect American accent. It's just I'm always impressed by British actors who pull off American accents, especially like perfectly. a generic American accent and not something that's like overly yeah. like regional. Because I feel right. like the super regional like ones are easy to sort of camp up right. enough. And you know. and, right. And that's what he does. It's a total like white bread, you right. know, right. <laughs> accent. It's not like New York or Southern or anything. Right. Yeah. All right, Chris, one through four. One through four. What? Oh, number four. Number four. Uh, Wiser 32. You, I will send you a copy of the movie. Um, Yay. He's, he's, uh, he's in the VHS stuff. Um, and his favorite Hitchcock film is Strangers on a Train, which I have never seen. Oh, oh my. wow! I good that recently. It is a good movie. It's a good one. All Dude, right, Strangers. Yeah, you gotta watch that. That movie. I mean, Psycho solidified like his casting form. But when I watched Strangers on a Train, that's where I was like, if these were any other fucking actors, this movie would not work. So interesting. Yeah, heavily based around yeah the actor. It's it's a gr- great movie. Very very good. All right. Well. Yeah, an absolute absolute uh absence of a strong female presence i mean it's 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 the guys in that one yeah all right well i'll have to check that one out then because i saw a few people were like strangers on a train they had that as their option so strangers on a train is a great one all right well that's added to my list then um okay so let's to wrap up um Let's do a quick um, one to ten score and metal moment, starting with who went first a long, long time ago, hours ago. Was it you, Chris, or George? Yes, that was me. All right, Chris, what do um, you got? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this movie a nine and a half, and I'm taking right. the halfway because Hitchcock's a dirty bastard. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, this was right up there for me uh, with Psycho. Uh, I believe that Psycho is a perfect movie, and I think there are a lot of aspects of this movie that are right up there with it. Um, but again, all of this talk about him being dirty, ugh. so yeah. nine and a half. Um, there's, there's not a lot I can elaborate on. We had a really good discussion about this movie. So, um, Metal Moment. Damn, you know I've had like two hours to think about this. I haven't thought about it for even a second. Um, I'm going to say when the it's a very manly moment um, for Mitch. He's um, the birds are like they're attacking the house, and uh, like they get like one of the shutters open. Ah, fuck yes. Um, oh, that's yeah. And, uh, man. He's yeah, he keeps sticking his hand out there, you know, the birds will like, eat him alive, and he shuts it, and then it like reopens 
Um, and then he's like, well, fuck this. And he takes the light and pulls the like cord <laughs> yeah. out of it and then ties it shut with that. Yeah. That's my metal moment. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. And right after that, well, one. I don't want to say what happens after that. Cause it might be someone else's metal moment, but, uh, good. Uh, George, you there? Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to give it a nine and a half as well. All right. Um, partially because of uh hitchcock being a creepy dude like i knew he was like mean and torturous almost to some of his cast i didn't realize that he was also just trying to fuck everyone like, yeah rape um, me. it's not I don't, I don't think it was everyone he was just the he was, blondes yeah just the blonde <laughs> girls and he was a bit obsessive over them um but yeah it's one thing to torture people for the sake of the art it's another thing to like um you know be a predator because they wouldn't pound you, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, my argument is that Hitchcock probably didn't know the difference between those two. Yeah. He thought they were one and the same. Possibly, yeah. Like All right. Just he yeah. was that much. It was just that much of a megalomaniac that he thought, well, hey, whatever I decide is exactly what's best for the film. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, in this case, torturing there, I you know, I don't want to agree with him. But, you know, the, some of those scenes where it's like, these are her real reactions. If it weren't for the fact that he was doing it to punish her for spurring, spurning his advances, um, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that was you really got real emotion out of that. But the fact that he was like mad at her for not being into him really ruins that, you know? Yeah, it was definitely tainted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, George, what else were you going to say, man? Um, so partially because of that and then partially because of my experience with it on HD, mm-hmm. um, taking some of the watchability away. Yes, it makes it apparent yeah. how much of the editing had to be done and like how excessive and fantastic they did, but it works better when you can just watch it. Um, right. so, so nine and a half, pretty fucking awesome. Um, my metal moment is going to be. Um, shit, I had it. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about it. I was trying to, I was trying to make sure I didn't forget it. Fuck. Um, how does that even happen? He smokes a lot know. of weed. Man. <laughs> you know this. Yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> that's that good, huh? Good yeah, good, exactly. Yeah. Good. Yes, I did. Fuck, <laughs> my, my metal moment, um... They're killing me. Yeah, dude. Dead I air. Know. Come on. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. If you're okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna fucking. I'm just gonna fucking pick one. Okay. Um, go I'm gonna here. say that uh, the fact that she took the fact that Melanie took all that time with those birds to bring them all the way out there and try to like sneak in and then fucking leave, <laughs> like. Yeah. Taking it to the max, dude. No, no. It's so funny. Awesome. Is Stephanie was like. So she found this guy in the city and then she like got the birds, tracked him down to his apartment, then followed him out, like used her connections to follow him out to an island and then put those in his house while he wasn't like walk into his house uninvited. She's like, that's a little creepy. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's if super that fucking creepy. Guy, yeah. If that had been a guy. There would have been a total different reaction. Right. The movie wouldn't oh have been about gosh, the birds. Yeah. It would have been about that dude. Right. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, right, man. That's like, I mean, I wish I remember my my original mental moment. That's all right. I'm not satisfied. That's all right. Let's let's pay our uh, listeners for for uh, listening to you hem and haw for five minutes uh, by doing another Hello? giveaway. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, can you? Can, can you hear me? Hey, sucker, where did you go? Yes, now. Okay, sorry, I lifted up Jack, my phone. Jack, are you still there? I'm here. Yeah, I just lifted up okay. my phone. Sorry. So anyway, what I was saying was let's let's too. reward our listeners for having to hear you hem and haw for five minutes by uh, giving away. <laughs> let's give away another copy of Psycho um, to our Psycho, to our Twitter Psycho. account. What number eight. Number eight. One. My lucky number. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right. Our friends over at Not Suitable for Adults, where they uh, they review kids' content um, as adults because they have kids, and as yeah. as parents, as we all know, we have to watch a lot of kids' movies. Um, so they review kids' Psycho's movies. Psycho's a film, isn't it? What's yeah, yeah, for sure, man. My kids, Psycho's my, a kids' movie. My kids, uh, we didn't watch Psycho together, but we did watch The Birds together, and they were like, "Oh my god, this is so much yeah. like Jaws." And I was like, "You know what? It really is." And then Jack totally confirmed that. <laughs> Actually, Jaws is a lot like The Birds. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I play. I actually play Dungeons and Dragons with uh, Rich from Not Suitable for Adults. Um, he is our cool. bard in our crew. Um, and he is the only adult on our team who makes smart adult decisions. Uh, Everybody loves the singer. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he uh, picked Rear Window as his favorite Hitchcock film, um, which smart, smart it's a good choice. Um, and when we smart there. We'll, we'll do one more um, after Jack and I give our scores, but then I want to give a couple of the other, I just want to shout out a few of the other favorites that, um, were you know kind of interesting to me um all right jack what would you score the birds uh i am also going to give a nine and a half right. uh <laughs> lose a half a point again for hitchcock's creep factor um it's there there's just there's something about watching these films and and it's <laughs> it gives me such a feeling of like confusion of how I feel about Hitchcock. Cause I do love his filmmaking ability. And I, I love the films that he made and I respect him so much as a filmmaker, but just to know what kind of person he was behind the scenes is just, it gives you such an ick factor. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I take out, I definitely take off a half a point for that, but other than that, I mean, especially considering it was 1963 and how much the special effects pushed the envelope um, at the time. And the fact that Hitchcock uh, did not have the experience to deal with that type of film before he did it, but he just stepped up to the plate and handled it. Um, I find that impressive. Um, Pretty impressive. Yeah, it's just it's it's a testament to how strong of a filmmaker and and what a what a true master and expert at it he was. Um, as far as metal moments, um, 
and and also just the casting and, and the acting and Tippy Hendred to come out of nowhere and to give a performance Dude, like that is just incredible. just coming out of nowhere um, with fucking haymakers, yeah, man. Just, she, fuck, nobody man. knew who she was. <laughs> she came out of nowhere and yes. just nailed it. It's yep. just amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, so for me, the metal moment is actually uh, a um, so for me by the time the intensity of the birds attacking just builds and builds and builds and the crescendo gets bigger and bigger and bigger and culminates in the big attic scene at the end, of course, right. To go from that to, as they're leaving the house and uh, Mitch is carrying Melanie to the car and she's done, she's got nothing left. And the mother and the, you know, the sister Kathy, they, you know, everybody comes out to the car and they get ready to leave for me to go after that intensity, to go to this prolonged feeling of suspense where the birds are actually not attacking, but you're thinking, fuck, they're going to attack any second. They're going to attack. They're going to attack. And it's just, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And hitch drew that moment out all the way to the end of the film. Yeah. With, to the point to where you're feeling like, well, shit, what's going to happen now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, that was actually the metal moment. It, it was actually taking something, whereas you had all this badassery all through the film, and then to take it down that far and to maintain it all the way through the end with this horrible feeling of suspense like you're just waiting for it to happen and you don't get to see it yeah for me that was a metal moment yeah dude i totally agree with that i mean the thing is with like horror movies or suspense movies like they you got it the best ones and making you feel uneasy making you feel like it's unresolved making you feel like well this is still not good (laughs) you know yeah. Um, wrapping it up honest, with a bow is disappointing. Right. Yeah. And, and when I was a kid, that was always the scene that freaked me out the most yeah. was that last shot. Yeah. And, and that was the, for me, that was more foreboding and more freaky than all the attacks. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah, because they're everywhere, you know, <laughs> like that's one thing I forgot to literally I mean, like they have to like walk through them. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, man. Before I even saw this movie, if I saw that many fucking peagles and crows in one area, I was probably like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Like, without all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hide your french fries, man. Uh, Guys, I remembered my metal moment. No, you already did your metal no. moment. So you can say yours after I do mine. Because if it's mine, well, then I'm... I forget again. Too bad. I don't care. Um, then you better... Write it down, dude. Write it on your hand. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, to, to the, you know, regarding the end of a movie or like the end, like leaving you feeling uneasy, that's to me what is so outstanding about Night of the Living Dead. Uh, Night of the Living Dead yeah. is an amazing movie, but the bleakness with which it ends, um, that's what really yeah. sets it apart, in my opinion. And like this movie, where it's like, oh, we got away. But not really, you know, <laughs> like this well, is still. I bad. think Romero took that idea from the birds. I mean, Night of the Living Dead feels like it was heavily influenced by the birds. Like yeah, it does. the idea of being trapped in a house, you know, 
um, yep. in a remote area. Uh, With yeah. shit breaking. In. <laughs> exactly. Um, not yep. to mention, like, I don't, I don't want to say that Stanley Kubrick uh, stole this from the birds, but there was definitely a here's Johnny moment in the birds. Um, where they're pecking through the door. Oh yeah, the you door. Know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, I I'm, agree. I'm not saying Stanley Kubrick <laughs> stole it, but it definitely like that scene in The Shining felt a lot like that scene in The yeah. Birds. He he, it might have influenced it. It, it, it fe- might definitely might. It, it felt similar, but um. Anyway, I'm sure that Kubrick. I'm sure that Kubrick was heavily influenced by Hitchcock. I, I would have to believe that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would uh, criticize him for that. Um, okay, no. so <laughs> my uh, I'm gonna score the movie. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let's just make it a clean sweep. I'm gonna give it a nine and a half as well. Um, nice. And you know, uh, I think that his his relationship. Um. You know his relationship with, with with all the things that we've already talked about, really. Um, his his relationship with with Tippi Hedren, uh, you know, is very problematic, and um, it's it's disappointing. Um, well, they made a movie about. Yeah, yeah. What is the the girl? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the girl. Yeah, she also wrote a book. Um, and... Toby, what what's uh what's that British actor Toby Maguire? Creepy. Toby Maguire. No, no, he's, he's Toby Jones. He's oh. he's he's the uh, he's the creepy German scientist from uh, Captain America. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He plays Hitchcock. Yeah, or a Hitchcock uh, yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, okay. in the girl he does. Okay, um, well, yeah, so that's problematic. But um, even if I were to divorce the movie entirely from from that, um, the fact that Melanie has to be saved by Mitch, yeah. uh it it really kills the vibe for me. Um, I love her. I love her strength. I love her independence. I love her spirit. I love her energy. Um, and then for her to have, and then like it seems like everything you know she it's gonna resolve. Um, and then it was almost like he goes, "Oh shit, she needs to be saved." Um, let's do the scene in the attic. We'll have her almost die, and then have to get saved by Mitch. Um, you know that. that even if I didn't know anything about their relationship or, you know, his predatory activity right. toward her, um, right. I would still be like, fuck man, why'd you do that? Um, and honestly, he um, always did it. what's that? He always did it. I know he always did it. And that's, and that There's sucks. Characters never came out on top at the end. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because yeah. he makes them such great characters. And then it's just like, oh, he like un he like unwinds all that in like the last five minutes of the film. Um right. and honestly, that would have that could have easily been fixed. Um I mean, or it would have been at least better, in my opinion, if she had just died in the attic. I think that would have been better. Um Yeah. If you had to leave in the attic scene. Uh, I would have rather her died um, than be saved by Mitch, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's I, a... I feel you. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, Hitchcock never left. Yeah. So uh, my metal moment is, um, you know, when in any sort of suspense or horror movie, there's a moment where you go from like foreboding, like something really bad is ha- going to happen or like, 
weird things are happening um, that seem not Strange things are afoot at the circle at, K, exactly man. to where <laughs> like to where you really pass the point of no return. And uh, my metal moment is that point in the movie, and it is when uh, Mitch's mother walks into that house, walks to the back of the house, and finds the motherfucking dead guy with his eyes oh. gouged out. Fuck. Eyes I totally forgot. That moment, first of all, the gore and the grossness the of that does not For fit me. to that movie. In, like, it's so weird. Like, like the whole it's, it's very jarring it's gratuitous, <laughs> but it's amazing i mean it's great and the thing that makes it powerful as a jarring moment is it really is the switch in the movie it's when you go from like huh this doesn't seem quite right to like oh fuck like yeah that's when no shit's real yeah, yeah exactly people are dying now and from that moment forward People continue to die throughout the movie. Not just dying, like fucking gruesome. Yeah, and like the yeah. birds have gone from like, oh, we're attacking people outside, where we can kind of like justify it and be like, oh, maybe something weird's going on, to like they are maliciously in- entering homes to kill people. <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, yep. So yeah, so for me, that's the metal moment of the movie. Um, and uh, good one. And, and, and overall, uh, I think this was a, a fantastic film. Um, yeah. Obviously, it, it's one of his most popular uh, for a reason. Um, I, I will say this in defense of uh, like a higher definition experience of the movie. And um, I don't you know, I don't know specifically with the birds, but I know it came up a lot in Rear Window. Um, and I and I feel like it's worth noting because we're promoting a, an ultra 4K edition of these films is um right. a lot of restoration work has had to go into these into these movies um to make oh, them yeah. as appealing as possible because of the way that they were handled um between the time when they were uh you know shown in theaters until uh they were finally released on home video um and uh you know the earliest releases on VHS uh, they didn't have quite the same restoration ca- capabilities that they have now. Um, and so no. there are some things where, you know, there is some distortion to that covers yeah. up, uh, that covers up the, the, uh, some of the things that don't look as, uh, realistic as newer effects. But on the other end of that, um, the restorations that are done with color and stuff, yeah. um, really it's huge you know um and you can you can look up online you can look up um stills from rear window um where you know pre-restoration and post uh and it's night and day yeah oh and it puts it puts the flaws on blast and it it does and but but still it the the way the 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 color the vibrancy of the colors i'm i'm totally in agreement with you um dan that the vibrancy of the colors and the clarity of the picture it's it's definitely worth it to at least see it on you know these higher definitions yeah and 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 so many of the performances so many of these either damaged or lost or burned up in fires and it's just so many of these films were just lost yeah you know yeah well, Hitchcock's uh, th- these were all owned by Hitchcock's estate, right, for a long time, which is why they didn't see the yeah. light of day for thirty years. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if the birds was among that grouping, but, um, you know, I know rear window was, um, and I'm pretty sure vertigo was as well. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, so there you go. There's our, we've, we've completed the, you know, Hitchcock quad, you know, quad Fectra, I guess. Um, I'd say we've done his four biggest films. Yeah. Um, there's still, I think there's a lot at that second tier, like, um, North by Northwest, uh, strangers on a train there's, rope. There's yeah. <laughs> Rebecca. Rebecca yeah. is another one notorious. There's, there's a bunch. Yes. Um, and, um, in regard to that, um, I don't want to do our last giveaway, uh, randomly. I want to give it to somebody who picked a favorite that is not, um, that is not among those four. Um, so we have already given away uh, a copy to someone who uh, picked Strangers on a Train, um, which which was a good pick, um, something I need to see. Um, I want to do this last one. I want to give it to a show called Bigfoot for Breakfast. Um, they do – it's a, it's a research-based show. Um <laughs> that they're dedicated to um, exploring mysterious things. So I, I don't, I don't know if that's cryptids and what else, but uh, that's always fun. Um, and the reason I picked them is because they said their favorite um, Hitchcock film is rich and strange. Um, which, I've never seen rich and strange. Uh, it's a ni- wow. 1931. Wow. Wow. Uh, is that Hitchcock's first movie? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it's not his first. It's close because the first one that he even got really noticed for, I think was the 39 steps. Yeah. So, which I think was 35 or 36 around there. Well, um, yeah, this so was, that was 31. Yeah. I mean, I looked it up before I, um, before I announced it. Um, and it definitely is, it's a legit movie. Um, and it came out in 1931, uh, rich and strange. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's see. Oh shit, man. He, he went all the way back to the twenties. Yeah. Fuck man. But he, but he didn't really get noticed until the mid thirties. And then, and then, then he really, it was Rebecca that really blasted him into the international spotlight. Right, um, right. The Anakins did really well. Thirty Nine Steps; those those really solidified him in Europe. But Rebecca was the first American picture, and it won the Academy Award. So that was the one that made him an international uh, star director. But yeah, nice. Well, there you go. That's our last giveaway. Well, I wanted to give it to somebody who who picked something a little off the beaten path. Um, good job. Big, Bigfoot for breakfast. Bigfoot for breakfast. So check out it's that. A... <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a fantastic name. Um, I mean, I'll, great. I'll tell you one thing. Like I'll I'll watch. I'll listen to a podcast based solely on its name. Um, and that's <laughs> that's one that I would definitely be like, oh, I'll give that a shot. Um, nice. All right, well, guys, this is uh, this is coming in as a pretty Actually, heavy hitter. Didn't George? It wasn't George going to give us other metal moment. Oh yeah, George. Yeah. What was it? Okay. It wasn't so the eyes gouged out. No, that's badass. But no, it's uh. <laughs> so Melanie knows that Anne uh, Annie's the ex, and she still asks to fucking stay there. 
Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and she's going after like Mitch, like the whole time, like flirting hard and like talking to Annie. And she's like, just, she knows. Yeah. Like that's just such a, like, she doesn't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> There's a strange camaraderie between Melanie and Annie, even though they are, you know, directly in competition with each other about Mitch, but there, there is a strange camaraderie Eskimo between the sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Eskimo sisters. I don't think either of them have fucked him, man. So I don't know that they're Eskimo sisters. <laughs> um, That's a good one, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely shows Melanie's, uh, you, you know, she's, she's Her got balls. Colors. Yeah. She's got balls. She's man. ruthless. Yeah. She, she's, She's committed to what she wants. Uh, also, Annie's pretty committed to what she wants, considering she fucking moved to that town to be near Mitch. That's a little weird. Oh, but. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because she well, says that other the mother hated her while she was while she was after Mitch, but once it was over, all of a sudden her and the mom became friends. <laughs> yeah, I know that's funny. Also, like, what's with fucking Hitchcock and mothers? Like, he seems to have an issue with oh, mothers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you wonder if that's maybe where the blonde thing comes from or where the icy, you know, the icy, sexy woman, uh, but who's independent and uh, must be punished. I don't know if maybe there was a mom thing mixed oh, in there. A little, Edi- a little Oedipus complex, maybe? All roads lead home, as they yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that, thanks, Jack, for joining us. Um and and thank, thank you, King you f- Jack. for yes taking the kingdom back um anybody who is still listening thank you for listening uh thanks to uh universal and and the marketing team that that reached out to us for letting us do this episode it doesn't want to be named because they want to be invisible yes but they're the ones doing the work nobody said anything nobody for the technical difficulties yeah it's all right man and uh if anybody <laughs> wants to hit us up um, tell us what your thoughts are on Hitchcock on, you know, on, on the birds or any other of his fucking movies or anything we've said, uh, you know, feel free. You can email us at the movie at gmail.com. You can hit us up on all of our socials. Uh, we're at the movie seller on all of them. No spaces, no underbars, nothing fancy. Um, we're, we try to be very active on all the platforms. Um, if you leave us, a email or a review on iTunes or you send us a message you want us to read on the air, you know, whatever we'll read, whatever you send us on the air, um, whether it's good or bad or whatever. Um, we just love fucking interacting with people and, uh, to the people who won the, the five copies, um, I'll send you out. I'll send those out to you. Congratulations. And thanks for fucking participating. That was awesome. Um, woot, woot, fucking woot. Alrighty. Bye.